Welcome to The Five Nine, the official podcast of the Fierce Telecom and Technology Group. Join us each week for the latest insights on 5G, millimeter wave, AI, electronics, sensors, networking, infrastructure, and more in the communications and technology space. All right, welcome everyone and welcome after a brief hiatus to another season of the Five Nine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alejandro Pinero from the Fierce Tech Team. And what a way to start this particular season here with Leighton Carroll, CEO of Balin. We're going to talk a lot about uh, what's going on in connectivity and uh, they've, they've made some big steps here into new geographies. So a lot to, to get through over the next uh, little while. Leighton, thanks for joining us. Uh, great to have you on the, the podcast. Thanks for having me. Right, Leighton. So before we get into um, the the matter at hand today, I just wanted to give you a, brief, a chance to give us a brief introduction about Balin and, and your role, which I understand encompasses different brands and, and uh, you know, different uh, companies within the group. I'm the, the CEO of a company called Balin Technologies, and we have multiple businesses. As an example, we have a satellite communications division. We do a lot of work. The cool thing where we actually just delivered some product for the NASA Artemis Lunar Space Mission, which is pretty cool. It's one of the many things we do. And then obviously we're here today to talk about our Galtronics unit. And, and Galtronics does three things. We'll probably focus in on one, but just briefly, the three things that Galtronics done, does, if you've ever had a Samsung phone or know someone who does, there's a high likelihood we made the antennas in those products. And we do a lot of things for a number of customers in IoT, wearables, tablets, PCs, et cetera. That's one of our one of our Galtronics groups. We have what we call our embedded division, and that's everything from if you get your your wireless router from say an AT&T or a charter communications, right, in the US. A lot of the customers will get their wireless routers from the carriers. We make the antennas in those. We've wirelessly enabled body armor for first responders all the way to when the next SUV for a major brand name automobile manufacturer comes out for the 2024 model year. I'd love to tell you about it, but I can't. <laughs> the wireless enablement in that vehicle is us. So that's kind of our embedded group. Pretty diverse, pretty cool. And it's people think about it when... RF quality matters and you have to have good quality design engineering. That's where we get called, right? And then we have an infrastructure division. And our infrastructure division is macro cell tower antennas, outdoor small cells, in-building wireless, stadium antennas, and now multi-beam antennas. TNT, Verizon, T-Mobile, Rogers Bell, TELUS, hosts of people in the ecosystem, all of the various third-party operators. And what's interesting is everybody I just mentioned was North American focus. And that's actually part of the story here is when you have compelling and unique product that solve interest, yeah, solve use cases for carriers and customers in wireless infrastructure in a cost-effective or high-performance way, you can't be myopic and just think it's got to be North America. They're, the world's a, a great large place. I've had the privilege of being all over it and working all over it. And so we've really had a purposeful view of expanding that business as well. So anyway, that's that's really cool business, lots of diversity in it, and uh, pretty excited about what we're doing in infrastructure. It's impressive. All this is going on in just one of the uh, the areas you're responsible for. So that's exciting. And, and Leighton, so 
The reason why we thought we'd bring you on today is you've been making a bit of noise around one of the divisions you were mentioning there, right around the events and stadia and the, the customer experience. Now, I've been in, in telecom for nearly 15 years now, and this is a topic that keeps coming up. From a customer experience perspective, I think it's something we just haven't been able to deliver, right? The, the customer experience in these large-scale events and stadia, concerts, whatever it might be, just doesn't, it doesn't match expectations and requirements for folks and, and it keeps it keeps happening. So I'd like to get your thoughts on why we're still talking about this. What's been the big pain points to have this still such a painful experience for customers when it comes to cellular? Yeah. So look, if I can boil it down to a word, it's density, right? Because you go to a football stadium, American football, proper football whatever football you talk about, they're packed with people. Data utilization in cell phones, it's just, it hasn't stopped. It just continues to grow. I think we've all had the experience of being in these large venues and it's just spotty at times. The historical alternative to try to solve for that was something called a, a lens antenna. They're super large. They're super expensive. If you've ever seen the old Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs, Rick Moranis' dark helmet with the crazy large round globe looking helmet, that's what they look like. The problem has been they're insanely expensive. And so a lot of carriers or venue owners don't want to deploy them. In some cases, venue owners don't want to deploy them because they're super heavy Mm -hmm. and there's a structural issue there. Right. We actually are in the process of going into Rocket Mortgage Arena, which is where the Cleveland Cavaliers play. One of the reasons we got selected was the structural requirements that type of technology requires versus what we actually have. And I'll get to that in a bit. But the point of this is when you have that level of density, traffic throughput, the amount of spectrum that is able to be delivered by what I would call legacy systems can, it can just get outstripped. The alternatives are to blanket stadiums with antennas, right? Which a lot of people don't want to do. There's an aesthetic reason where you had this really expensive alternative and getting that done everywhere. When depending on the stadium itself, you may only have X number of events per year. There is a cost benefit issue for stadium owners and or carriers to be involved, third-party operators to be involved in that type of expense. Sure. So it seems like there needs to be a rethink in terms of how that connectivity, or at least some sort of different technology there, right? Because the economics perhaps aren't making sense. Aesthetics are, are challenging. I've heard many conversations in, over the last decade or so, gas, we talked about beacons for a while when it was popular topic, Wi-Fi and stadium events. None seem to deliver. Now, I know that from Galtronic's perspective, you're quite bullish on, on multi-beam antenna technologies. Is that the answer then to the issues that you're describing here? Or do you have some experiences there that you can speak to in terms of how that uh, customer experience may have? Yeah, it's interesting to, to boil down the, the issue and why the there's been this problem. It's, it's density. Customer utilization of cell phones and just the cell phone's ability to, the mobile phone's ability to use data has just increased and increased over time. And when you have the level of density that you have typically in a stadium, it can far outstrip conventional systems. When you look at the amount of cost to deploy some of the 
prior solution sets, right? You're either blanketing a stadium with DAS antennas all over it, or you have these really large, heavy, expensive multi-beams. There's a cost value proposition that for a lot of stadium owners, a lot of third-party operators, and certainly for wireless carriers just didn't necessarily make sense. Then even with what they did deploy, the amount of data utilization ongoing is outstripping the capability of a system, guess what? You end up with a degraded performance. We're really excited about what we've been doing with our multi-beam antennas because they effectively work like those big, crazy globe antennas, and yet they cost as much as a panel antenna that a wireless carrier is used to seeing. Now, there's larger versions of that for higher capacity, and they're a little more expensive, but when you're I don't know, a fifth of the price of the legacy alternatives, it's a good place to be because you're helping carriers, third-party operators, and stadium owners solve a real problem in a cost-effective way with a high-quality solution. And I'll give you some stories here, some of the use cases where we've deployed this. One of our first major concert deployments was for a Harry Styles concert with 80,000 people, right? Guess what? Big density carrier. And this was deployed by a wireless carrier, European wireless carrier. Loved it. It was deployed by another European carrier for a papal visit. Guess what? That's not stadiums, but that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of congestion. Mm -hmm. Another European carrier actually deployed it for a Bruce Springsteen concert. And the feedback has been super positive. And then certainly I'll give you some North American examples. We've had it deployed at a NASCAR facility. We've had it de deployed at large stadiums in the in Canada, in the U.S. And it's even been deployed at fixed locations. As an example, JFK Airport. Why is that interesting? You have a ton of people in and out. You have very bursty traffic with people landing on planes. Guess what? It's a great solution. And, and what's, forgive me for being a little bit of a geek, for a second, one of our carrier partners actually compared the multi-beam Apple to Apple against the, a big 64T, 64R massive MIMO antenna, right? 64T, 64Rs in, for example, the U.S. have been very dominant in terms of what's been deployed on the macro network recently. If you go to Europe and Asia, you see a, a, perhaps a bit more 32T, 32R, but the 64T, 64R is the whopper. And it's supposed to be the Mac daddy for delivering performance and density. This carrier in a high density environment, this is key because this thing isn't going to be perfect. The multi-beams aren't great for every use case, right? In a high density environment, they found that the multi our multi-beam had a 2.6 times capacity than a massive MIMO antenna. I was stunned, to be honest. The downlink throughput for an for the users was 3.2 times what it was on a massive MIMO. The point is massive MIMO, it still has a capacity threshold. And as you run through it, it starts to degrade the performance. Whereas the multi-beams, because you have these in a single sector, all these various discrete beams that are clean with stability, it, it, it actually solves a very unique problem in a super effective way. We're very excited about it. This is our first kind of carrier opening up the kimono and sharing some data with us results. And it gets us really excited because you've now got, got a solution that for specific types of use cases 
It's cost effective. It works great. And we've had nothing but raving customers for it. I, I, this is why I'm so pumped up about this technology. And, and I think it's so cool what, we're, what we've been up to. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to, to have an image in our heads, how does it compare then in terms of footprint? I know you mentioned it's cost effective when compared to Massive Mime. Was the footprint similar? Or the venues? Yeah, yeah no, we had a uh, major tier one US carrier replace a macro tower antenna at the NASCAR Speedway and pump full power through that thing and had good coverage. Amazing. Yeah, we were pretty excited. Sounds sounds like a, a big upgrade. Something I wanted to ask you about specifically, Leighton, is, is these experiences you've had in Europe. And you've mentioned the, the people visit concerts. Do you see a difference in requirements? Are the issues very much the same in terms of that demand and and the density causing issues with bandwidth? And, and what's been your experience working out there when compared perhaps to the NASCAR and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, other settings where you're already present? I could talk about the way the fans are dressed if I'm comparing NASCAR <laughs> to Europe. Europe but I don't perhaps more specific to the telecommunications, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, so when I think of Europe versus, say, North America or the U.S., There's not a lot of difference in terms of capacity requirements or density requirements. The places where you see differences are more on, I would say, the zoning and permitting requirements that are for certain use cases, right? If you're in Europe, in certain areas, you just, there's a high degree of aesthetics as as well there should be. And so the European carriers are going to be very careful about how they deploy, where they deploy, and meeting all the local requirements within stadiums or venues or some of the things that we've been doing, they're very apples to apples, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why when you have a compelling technology, we were able to move into Europe so quickly. It was exactly because of this. We have a good technology. We're solving a very discrete set of use cases, high capacity, high density. That's the same wherever people are, are going to have an experience at a concert or a sporting event. And let me flip this a little bit then to talk about the venue, not from the, we've talked about the aesthetics, the challenges with weight and covering venues and areas with antennas when there's large events. Are there other factors that, that kick in for them in terms of trying to achieve that connectivity? Obviously, there's that, that, that oh, yeah. customer experience. I imagine I've heard and read about artists looking at connectivity as way of selecting venues and for these top level acts that becomes a competitive issue right what are the venues leaving on the table if they don't address this issue beyond folks being a bit annoyed that they can't immediately upload to yeah so i'll give you a view of where we are and where we're going right taylor swift is a hot act these days and her concerts are crazy packed you know what? It, it does matter to the artists that her fans have the ability because how many videos have you seen online of the Taylor Swift and the Swifties and the whole thing? Yeah. So it, it does matter. And the, and the customer experience matters. And, it, and to be honest, it matters for the venue owners as well. Now, I'll give you a sporting example because I've actually had this conversation with the owner of a major sport franchise and it's about where some of this is going. And this will not apply to every geography because there's going to be some regulatory stuff in here. But the concept of micro betting yeah. in certain sporting events, right? Being able to have a differentiated experience because you paid for something else, you get statistics automatically to your phone. 
you're able to bet use American baseball. You can bet on will the next batter strike out, walk, get a hit. There's all t- believe it or not, there's a lot of people in the sports world who are thinking about how can they develop these differentiated experiences for individual customers while they're sitting in their seat, mm-hmm. right? While they're sitting in their seat ordering a beer or a hot dog or whatever they're going to you know, Guess what? That's all based on connectivity and the predicate is having high quality coverage and the capacity to be able to handle that many people and provide a differentiated experience cleanly. All of that comes back to wireless technology and it's part of what we do. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Leighton, to, to close here, I just wanted to look ahead a little bit. Now we've talked about that density challenge, how multi-beam uh, technology that, that you guys have developed is, looks to address a lot of these issues, are we there yet? Is there more to go in terms of having a seamless, full connected experience when there are these large scale events or bursts of requirements and throughput and upload into the network? And Or do you see this something that's evolving and something that, that you as Galtronics and, and Valen will continue to invest in? Yeah, I would say it this way. I don't think we're ever done, right? It's one of the reasons I love this industry. It's There's so much all the time and technology continues to evolve. I'll give you some examples. I There was a big push by several carriers, Europe, but more to the point, US and Korea, very good examples in millimeter wave. And there was a big push trying to get millimeter wave as a small cell technology for outdoor. Guess what? Propagation characteristics of millimeter wave aren't very good. You have challenges with blockage and they're not really deploying that much. But what wireless carriers have started experimenting with is can we deploy millimeter wave selectively in stadiums and other venues to have higher speeds in certain locations? It's interesting because you maybe you're not broadcasting that far, but guess what? There's still limitations there. A major U.S. carrier deployed it for a Final Four, right? The NCAA basketball. And because of the venue and the amount of metal, they didn't have a very good, they're still challenges. And guess what? Those are technology problems we're working to. And we, in the royal sense of the industry, will work to overcome. And does that mean that it will be a solution for stadiums? No, but it does mean we're, the industry broadly, in Galtronics in particular, we are experimenting, we are investing, and we're looking to come up with other creative solutions to solve unique use cases for our customers. Brilliant, Leighton. We're going to have to uh, get you back here in, in a few months' time to hear how that has evolved. And and also, uh, you piqued my interest with the NASA work and, and the automobile use case. So when when that comes uh, into public light, we'll have to have you back on. But for now, Leighton Carroll, CEO of Balin Technologies, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and, and giving us a bit of insight into what's going on in, in these large-scale deployments. Alejandro, thanks for having me. And to you, listener, thanks again for joining us back here for this fourth season of the Five Nine Podcast. We'll be back with you next week with yet another host to tell us all about what's going on in the telecommunications world. Until then, thanks so much and take care. Bye-bye.